to him about um, this month about generosity. And I just want to tell you um, something that happened about four years ago. Um, Rachel and her friends were um, they were going off, you know, spending time together in Royal National Park. And they were about to come home. And then some another young girl, they were, Rachel and her friends were about 19, I think she was a bit older, came and knocked on the window and said, oh, can you help me? Um, well, it sounds like a horror story, doesn't it? Right there. Just that part there sounds scary. If you've been watching lots of horror movies. Um, and she goes, oh, yeah, I need, can you give me a lift home? I can't get home. My, my boyfriend or the boy that I'm with has taken my stuff and he's gone back to Maryland's. And um, yeah, scarier, yeah. Um, <laughs> And basically, and they said yes, um, and she was talking about how he had been abusive towards her, um, the relationship was a bit toxic, those kind of things, and um, she, was, she was from Taiwan, so she was a backpacker doing the working holiday thing. Um, and so Rachel drops her friends off, and then Rachel and this girl are on the, in the car on their own, and she's texting us. While she's driving? No, couldn't be while she was driving. There's no way that could have happened. And she's saying, I've met this girl, you know, what do I do? And things, we're thinking, is this a scam? Is the boyfriend in on it? Is the, the girl, you know, she's pretending and then the boy's going to come and get some, give us a check? No. Um, and so she dropped her at home and the next day um, she calls and says, you know, can I come and stay with you? I think someone in the conversation the offer might have been made. Um, and so, and Dima and I going, well, the, we've got five children. Um, okay, how does this work? Because um, we have said no to other people before. And we go, okay, well, we'll say yes. So she came and she stayed overnight and had dinner with us. Um, and then we drove her back to get her stuff from Maryland's because she stayed with a friend the night before. And this is like in the middle of the night kind of thing where Rachel and I are driving around and then she met one of her friends, grabbed her stuff and got back. Um, but just in those moments of should we help or shouldn't we help, all the bad things come into your mind, the, the, the hassle, the fear, the money, the time, the effort, all these things um, and all the Netflix movies you've watched about people getting taken and being left by the side of the road come to your mind and you have to make a decision, am I going to help or am I not going to help? Um, and so that leads me into the story of the Good Samaritan. That's our real life story and we'll talk about the bit of the end later on. So, talking about the Good Samaritan. So you might know the story, you might not know. Um, so this is um, in Luke and he talks about the just before this, because when we read the Scripture, you've got to put it into context to understand how this fits in. And before this, he just sent out the 72. So he sent them out with a mission, and this is how to, what sort of thing you've got to be doing. Um, and now he talks about some basic attitudes of disciples. And the first story, or the first thing that Luke talks about, is the Good Samaritan. Then he talks about Mary and Martha, and then he talks about the Lord's Prayer. So those three things form basic attitudes in this section about uh, how disciples should, the attitude that you should have, basically. Um, so the Good Samaritan is about how to relate to others, 
Then he talks about Mary and Martha. Mary is demonstrating how to listen to God. And then the, the Lord's Prayer is how to talk to God. So all those things come together, and it shows that how we respond to our neighbor and how we walk with God are connected. So just about like ethics, you know, right and wrong, um, it's not an abstract question, you know, of different options. It's a matter of character developed through a walk with God and a focus on Jesus. It's not some abstract concept. It all comes from our relationship with Jesus, and that's really important to remember. So we're going to look at Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37, and go through it bit by bit, slowly. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So this is the first do. You can leave it up, Shara. Um, The first do, what must I do? He's asking, what do I have to do to get into um, eternal life? What, what do I have to, what work do I have to do to earn eternal life? That's the question. And because often we, we feel like we, we get paid um, because we work hard, you know, we, um, all these things we earn, you know, whether it's um, a discount on your driver's license because you have done really well not getting any, not being caught, sorry. Not, uh, we won't worry about whether you have or haven't done, but you haven't gotten caught, do anything wrong, and you get the discount. I know you. I know you. Oh, no, this has nothing to do with me, everyone. This is all about you, for, just in case you don't know that. Um, so it might sound like justification by works, um, that, that's how we earn salvation, but it's not about that. Um, in verse 26, it says this, What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. So this is the, leave it on that one, on verse 28. This is the second do. Okay, Jesus said, do this and you will live. So we're going, is it about doing? What's going on? Is it action or relationship here? And we'll see that it's a bit of both. Um, Jesus puts it all together. So the lawyer's a bit confused, um, even though his answer is correct. Yes, yes, that's correct. But he still thinks that eternal life is earned rather than received in the context of a love relationship with God. So verse 29 says this, but he, but he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? You can leave it on that one, please. Um, and that's really a question I think some of us ask. Um, the lawyer knows the answer, but like many experts in law, he tries to limit its reach. You know, go, that's true, except here. And um, what are the exceptions? You go, do I really have to be nice to everyone? Like, you know, what, you know who does it, who's really excluded from this? Surely you're not talking about these people over there. You don't want me to be nice and care for those kind of people. Surely it's just these people here. Because we think about helping. Uh, for me, when I first thought about this, you think about the people in church. Because we see each other a lot. And you think about it, but is that what he's talking about? Is it talking about other people? So verse 30, in reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Leave it there. Um, So this is Jesus' answer to the question. So the road from 
Jerusalem down to Jericho is about 20 kilometers long, and you go down about 1,000 meters. That's why it says going down. So he's going from Jerusalem, the holy city, um, and it was a windy road with lots of caves, um, which were popular with robbers. Um, probably this similar thing of what you'd think about if you're going into the city down a dark lane at night time, that kind of thing. I'm not saying that's where it always happens, but that, that's how fear when you go, when you're going to the city in a dark lane, you go, oh, should I go down here? This is brightly lit, I'll go this way. So that, it was like that kind of thing. It happened often that people got robbed along this, along this road. So it doesn't say anything about who the man is, but the audience would have assumed it was a Jew, mainly because when you listen to a story, you picture someone like yourself, don't you? If someone's just telling you a person when it did this, for me, I think of a man. Um, you might, if you're a woman, you might think of a woman, that, that kind of thing. You think of someone like you. Um, and he was coming from Jerusalem, so the Samaritans wouldn't have gone to Jerusalem to worship. So most likely a Jew, they would have assumed, coming down from Jerusalem. Um, so that just gives you a picture for later on. So verse 31 and 32. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. So happened um, also means by chance. So the audience would have thought, what a great coincidence. The man's going to be okay. There's a, a priest and a Levite, they're coming. Surely help is on the way, as they say on Instagram and TikTok. Um, um, so it's like... Dima told me, I don't look at TikTok or Instagram. Um, it's like a love story with a woman with multiple men when you, like a Netflix story that someone else told me about. Um, and you have the question, who's going to be the right one? You know, there's the, there's the man, he's got the suit, he's got a night, he works in the stock exchange, he's got a good job with a nice Manhattan apartment and things like that. Ooh, it could be him, he's a good choice for her selection. And there's another guy, he's a bit arty, so he's still a nice guy, maybe not having much money, but he's a lot more caring, you know. Oh, it could be him. And then there's the other guy, and he's, he rides a motorbike, he's got a leather jacket, he's got his tattoos. That's all stereotypes, I know. <laughs> Don't judge me, this is just from the movies. This is not me. Um, and it's that kind of thing. So when you hear the, the priest and the Levite coming down the road, they're going, these are good picks for someone who's going to help this guy. And that's what the audience is thinking. So, so if he was a Jew, you think, oh, the priest and the Levite, well, they're Jews. They would have definitely helped out another Jew. It's like when we, sometimes we walk down the, if Jamie and I are walking around down the road together, and we pass, a white person walks by, nothing happens, right? If a dark person walks by, they'll smile and look at Dima and give the, the, oh, I'm, I'm going to use all the wrong words, but the dark person head nod kind of thing. Um, it's like when you're on the motorbike and you sit, pull up and you go, yeah, we're motorcyclists, and it's, and it's like that. And you, go, and you look after each other um, based on history and everything that's happened, all that kind of stuff. Um, won't go into all of that. So often, as is often the case, you know, the bother and discomfort of helping have kept the man dying on the road. You know, it's a hassle. Um, they might be unclean. I'm a bit scared. What happens if a robber comes and gets me while I'm helping them? All those kind of things means that this man is still there by the road after a couple of people have walked by. So, my first point is this, be there. 
be there. So look at verse 33, and it says this. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. So the thing is, to be able to help someone, you have to be there. So as he traveled, that's what it says, the Samaritan came to the place. If you are not where the person who needs help is, you cannot help them. And that might be might not be physically, because it might be through phone call, through messages, through social media. Yes, even social media can be used for good, um, believe it or not. So all those things um, mean that we need to be there. You've got to be around. So it's not, um, you know, in the old days, you have monks and the monastery and the, the hermits who go off and live in the mountains and be on their own. Well, how are they going to help anyone if they're not near anyone else? They're not on a commuting, they, didn't, they forgot their mobile phone on the way to their cave, all that kind of stuff. You know, how are they going to help anyone? So we have to, first of all, we have to be there. You have to have some knowledge of other people. So now we have the term Good Samaritan. We all know that, and that's, uh, we, when we know, when we hear the word Samaritan, we go, oh, he's a good guy. But when they heard Samaritan, they did not hear think good guy, they heard bad guy. And it'll be, the closest I could come up with um, is like a Russian soldier in Ukraine walking along the street. But you shouldn't be here, mate. Um, get out of here. Um, we don't know what you've done, who you've hurt. There's no way you're going to be able to help anyone along here. You should just go out, just leave. You don't belong here. Go back to where you came from, as they say. Um, yeah, I'm using all the common terms here. The, so that's what it would have been like, what they would have heard. But we already know, some of us already know the story, so we know what's coming. But for them, when they first heard it, they would have been shocked. I thought, this, there's no way this guy is going to help anyone. So being there, for this means, for us it could mean being in church, being in a connect group, um, calling people, uh, messaging, all those kind of things, for us to be there, not isolated from other people. And the second one, leave it at the same verse, is be aware. So be there, be aware. So you can be somewhere and still not be aware of what's going on around you. You're self-absorbed, whether it's you're anxious, whether something good or bad has just happened and all you're thinking about is yourself, you're not aware of other people around you and what's going on in their lives. You have to have your eyes open. It says, he saw him, okay? Other, and just remember, the priest and Levite were both there and both saw him, but their action was very different. So, do you, when you're around other people, do you overhear something? Do you see something? What do you do about it when you do hear it? You're aware, what's the next step? Because sometimes in conversations, we can talk too much. I don't know if you've been in a conversation and your, your, head, your head conversation is going, I'm talking a lot here. The other person hasn't said anything. And the question, to, what you want to ask yourself is, do I need to ask a question to find out about the other person? They're going, well, I'm doing all the talking. I'm going to open, ask an open-ended question and get them to do the talking. So being aware, and I just went on um, camp with Annika. We did four days of canoeing. Uh, the main reason I say this is for you to know that I did 64 kilometers canoeing, and I'm a tough guy. That's the main reason why I bring that up. But there was 13 girls doing Duke of Ed, and the leaders 
um, who are there, where I'm a parent helper, is they say, well, the girls have to do everything on their own. So I'm watching all these girls setting up their tents, trying to carry stuff, trying to pack the canoes, and I'm not meant to do anything. And it's really hard because I'm being there and I'm aware, but I cannot do anything. I carried some of the water containers when I, they're carrying one and they're walking like this over to one side. I go, I'll, I'll get that because um, some of them, are, you know, the range of sizes there and what they can carry. And it was a bit frustrating that I couldn't help. Um, but it was, it's my daughter and her friends. So, of course, I want to help. But here, this is not about your daughter and her friends. This is about other people who you do not like. Um, so, we've got be there. You have to be there. You have to be aware. And you have to be prepared. Okay, that's the, the next thing. So, verse 34 says this. Uh, we, he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Leave it there. Um, So this guy had to have the bandages with him, had to have the oil, the wine, he had the the donkey, he had to have two denarii. Uh, Denarius was about one day's wage, so, you know, I estimate about $1,000 of what he was talking about, approximately. Enough for a, about a three-week stay in an inn, that is what, what he gave. So he had to have all those things. So he had to be prepared because you can't help someone if you're not prepared. And that doesn't mean just um, money or stuff. Uh, it can mean other things as well. Um, it can mean, as we talked before, effort, time, emotions, all of those things can be how you can be prepared. So um, we've talked about finances before, and one of the things that Dima and I did when we talked about it, when we were learning, um, was having a separate account to be able to give to other people. And having that account, we're just putting a little bit in each month, has been so good because now when we see a need from whether it's, um, no matter who it is, we go, well, we can help, how much should we give? We've got this much available to us, how much can we give? And we both talk about it and give that. And it's just been so good because we're prepared. We have that money already set aside. It's not like, oh, no, well, I've got to, I won't be able to buy food for Monday night or anything like that. It's already set aside there so we can use it. It's, um, you know, it's like already earmarked, you know. It's already being, when it goes in that account, it's already being given away. So if you don't do that, I would encourage you to do something like that, whether it's a, a jar or whether it's an account, something where you put money aside where you can help other people. Because not not talking about amounts here, because it can be small or big, where you can be able to help people in, in any way possible. So one of the other main problems, because the main thing with helping someone is either money or time, right? Um, and so do you have time to help? If you have a full calendar, how are you going to have time to help someone? So you need to have space in your calendar or be um, leaning with some parts of your calendar, not all, where you can go, well, I can either cancel that or have this time. I can help you on Thursday night and come around and we can do this and whatever else so that you can be prepared to help someone because you don't know when someone's going to come into your life. Like this lady that, that Rachel met, we weren't prepared. We didn't know this was going to happen that day. You know, it's um, you know, sometimes when, say, uh, you have refugees, you know there's people coming to town and they go, well, we need to get all ready and we can um, have all this ready. These things can happen at any moment, any time. 
And so we need to be ready for that. So we've talked about being there, being aware, being prepared, and now being caring. So it's all right if you're, you're there and you're aware and you're prepared, but if you don't care, you're not going to help. So uh, verse 36 says this, Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. You can leave it there. So in this story, there's no mention of the attacked man, um, repayment, no repayment dinner, um, no box of chocolates giving to the, to the guy. Um, so there's no mention of thanks. So when we give, when we take care of someone, we shouldn't think about what am I going to get. It's just I'm prepared to help. God, my God, has been generous Therefore, I will be generous with all that I have. I did not deserve for Jesus to die on the cross. And I think another analogy is we see the man. We're like that man. We were dead in our sin. We were attacked and beaten. And Jesus came and bind up our wounds by dying for us on the cross that we might have eternal life. He said, like the guy goes, here's to denarii. But Jesus said, here's my Holy Spirit to be with you each and every day so that you do not fear but you can be generous and be giving and caring in every situation and show people what God's love is like. Because that's what we all are. We are reflections of God's love. So out of our relationship with God, like the Mary sitting at Jesus' feet and the Lord's Prayer, praying to God, out of that, we reflect God's generosity to other people so they can see Him. Because they can't see God, but they can see Him in us and our actions. We're not earning salvation, but it's out of our relationship this comes out. So generosity does not discriminate. Does not. We have been guilty. Sometimes when we have given, we've been learning to give, we have thought these people, this couple, this person, they are a good investment. They are worth putting our time and money into. But generosity... We were wrong in doing that, I think. I mean, sometimes you want to do that, sometimes you don't, as following the leading of the Holy Spirit. But it's not always about that. Generosity does, doesn't discriminate. Picture, picture the people who you think the devil uses in our society. Who do you think represents the moral depravity of our society? And you might have a group of people in mind, a person in mind, and you think of that person, that person is the one who could be in the ditch that you need to help. That's what it's like. The person who you think is the worst person in the world needs your help. Because they're us. And I've heard churches of not giving money to other people because it's, um, you know, it's been in, say, a communist country or something. Oh, we don't want to help people in that because we're supporting that or doing that. And you're going, well, hold on. We're helping people no matter where they are or what they're doing. So we're talking about be there, be aware, be prepared, be caring. You have to have all of those four things, but they all come out of relationship with God. And if you're struggling with any of those things, to be there because you want to be alone, to be aware because you're obsessed with what's happening in your own life, being prepared because you haven't set things aside, time or money or effort, all those kind of things, or you haven't ca- you're not a caring person, and I know that because this girl that came with Rachel, 
was Rachel and Dima did most of the caring. I did the driving around. I can do that part. Uh, but the caring cuts come from them. So that's something that I need to work on, is being more caring. And I, I do care about you, by the way, in case you think I don't care about you. I do care. I need to work on how I show care to other people. So our job is willing submission to the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to put this, you know, the story into context for us and see the people in our lives and who needs help. And to finish off the story about that girl, A1, I think her name is, or I know how to spell it. I don't know how to say it very well. Um, But she moved to Brisbane. Um, She wasn't a Christian, but um, Dima shared the gospel with her. She became a Christian. She joined a church in Brisbane. And she sends money back to Taiwan to support women who are in abusive relationships so they can get out of those relationships. And that's what helping someone does when you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit out of the relationship with God that you put into someone and you change someone's life, that they can do the same thing for so many other people. And that's what we're here for, to reflect God's love in the world. We We want to be those people. We want to show God's love to everyone we meet. And Ephesians talks about the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And the Word of God is Jesus. Like, I know we think it, we, it's the, the Bible, but the Bible is, is Jesus. Um, the Bible is God's message. Jesus is the message to us. Um, and I'm holding my thing like a sword. Imagine I've got a sword in my hand, in case you don't know why I'm doing that. Um, Jesus is the expression of God's love and generosity to an undeserved people us and we are the reflection of this great love and it's expressed in our relationship with other people so if you say I have a great relationship with God I hear Him but you have terrible relationship with so many people you have to question what's happening with your relationship with God because out of that should become the fact that you are led by the Holy Spirit you're keeping in step so you are there And you are aware because you're not self-absorbed. You're going, God cared for me. I need to care for other people. You are prepared. You have set aside money, time, effort, but to help people. And you are caring. The same way God poured out His generosity on us, that we pour out our generosity upon other people. And look at the end of verse 37. is what I want to finish with. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. That's what Jesus wants us to do so that we can build up the kingdom of God and introduce people to Him. So why don't you stand up? I'm going to pray for you and we finish. And I just want to pray for you. If you don't know Jesus, I want to pray for you first and then pray for the other things. Father, we just thank You that You sent Your only Son to die for us. We didn't deserve it. We weren't any good. We looked hopeless, but you still sent your son. And so I just pray for anyone who doesn't know, doesn't have that relationship with you, that today that they will understand how much you love them, how much you're with them, how much of a future you have for them, how much you care for them each and every day, how you're going to be with them from every day. And Lord, I want to pray for those people who find it hard to be there or find it hard to be aware of other people or find it hard to be prepared or find it hard to care for others. 
you have given us your Holy Spirit to help us change and be different and to reflect who you are. And so I just pray that your Holy Spirit will work in each one of us to change. That honour and glory might go to Jesus and be brought to you. And so we just thank you that you give us these wonderful gifts, Lord, to help us. And we want to walk away from here and do likewise. In Jesus' name.